Aren't you thankful there's room at the cross for you? Amen. And God wants to do a special work in your heart this morning. I trust that you have your heart open to his word. It's hard to believe that uh, a little over two weeks, there's another election. And you're all well aware of that. I want to encourage you, November 3rd, you vote, all right? You vote. And don't vote according to personality, all right? You vote according to issues. And uh, there's a pro-life candidate and a pro-Israel, uh, pro-freedom. And I just want you, folks, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. Our country is in deep trouble. America is in uh, hot water right now. I want to give you a couple of statistics about America. America has the highest rate of illegal drug use of the entire planet. America has the highest rate of illegal drug use of the entire planet. Gang members have exploded. Now this will make you not want to go to Chicago again. Chicago has over 150,000 gang members. That's bigger than Champaign-Urbana. They have 10 gang members for every one police officer. There are more than 4 million adult websites on the internet. They get more traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. We need God's help. We are an extremely unhappy nation. Doctors in the USA write more than 250 million prescriptions for antidepressants every year. Over 250 million prescriptions. Ever since Roe versus Wade in 1973, almost 60 million babies have been aborted. Folks, we need revival. We need God. Have your Bibles this morning, turn to Isaiah chapter 57. Isaiah 57, verse 15. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. The Apostle Paul said many years ago, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. It's time for God's people to wake up. Revival will never start with the unsaved, they need life. Revival begins with each one of us this morning. And I'm so thankful you're here this morning. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now we can look out across America and realize we are in serious trouble. But folks, we need revival that begins in the house of God. Isaiah 57, verse 15, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer. Father, Oh, I pray this morning that you would calm our hearts. Lord, help us to realize this morning that you are still in control. You are still holy. Lord, help us not to allow our minds to wander this morning, 
or be distracted. But Father, help us to be focused on your word. If there's any hope for America, it's in you, Lord. Lord, use me this morning. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a short time ago, my wife and I went to a Steak and Shake restaurant. You can't go inside because of the COVID virus. And so it said on the uh, advertiser on the board, on the sign, it said free fries. And of course, they got me interested in eating fries. And uh, we ordered a meal, and so we didn't get free fries. And so we parked and uh, had a word of prayer. And after we had a word of prayer, I started eating those fries. And I thought to myself, there is something wrong with these fries. And my wife said, it's because, and I told her it didn't taste good. It says, because it doesn't have any salt on them. And they had little packets of salt, and I finally put the salt on it, and it tasted much better. And it came to my mind. Ye are the salt of the earth. You see, folks, we're the light, we're the salt. And I'm afraid that we're not being very salty. I talked to two men this past week that have had the privilege of traveling around America, and they said it's really, really sad. Been able to visit quite a few Baptist churches. They said the churches are small and filled with people that are bitter and uh, won't forgive. I talked to one pastor, and he said that only 30% of his people have come back after the COVID virus. He said, I don't know what will happen to the other 70%. He, he said they, they can't come to church because of the virus, but I see him out at the restaurant. Uh, he said, I see him out at the stores. He said, some of the people, they've been gone for six months, and he said, I'm beginning to think that they think they're okay. They don't need God. Folks, we all need God. God doesn't need us. But we need him. And what we need this morning, we need revival. We need to get back to falling in love with God again. Vance Havner said revival is simply when God's people get back to normal. And believe me, things are not normal right now. In Psalm 34, 18, the Bible says, The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, and save it such as be of a contrite spirit. Now I want to hear some good things about God's house, God's people. We haven't heard very much good lately. If you want to get discouraged, just start watching the news. It's not very good. Folks, God is good all the time. And there is not a minute, not a second when God is not good. Isaiah says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah gives us the formula this morning for revival. Oh, it'd be wonderful. If we love God so much that the main attraction of our church was God himself. And I believe God has taken away a lot of idols from us. 
It used to be the bus ministry or the youth ministry or the choir or some other ministry. God's taken all those ministry away and he desires to be number one in our hearts. You see, God is everywhere. You don't have to come to church to find God, but the person of revival. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. No, it's not bringing evangelists in that will bring revival. It's not bringing some popular pastor in. It's not going to some conference. It's God himself that brings revival. And there is something missing in your heart. It's called God. You were not created to live for yourself. You were created to live for God. Revival is a gift from God. Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in him. Verse 21, or verse 23, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. We better listen, for thus saith the Lord. Revival comes from God, the high and lofty one. You see, no one lifted God up. He has always been supreme. When you turn to God in prayer, you're going to the top. No one gave God his position. Your position was given to you by God. In Psalm 75, verse 6, For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west or from the south. But God is the judge. He lifteth up one, put it down another. Only God is the one that has given us our position. The position you have at work, the position you have in your community, God gave you that position. No one lifts God up, but God lifts us up. That inhabiteth the eternity. I love that. That means God has always been here. God has reigned in the past and God reigns in the future. God has sent revival in the past to people and God will send revival today and in the future to people. Psalm 90 verse 2, Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Jeremiah 10, 10, but the Lord is the true God. He's the living God and the everlasting God. That tells me in the future, God will be here to help me. God will always be here to help us. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. Remember the seraphims? They had six wings. Two that covered their feet. Two that covered their faces. And two to fly. Remember what they said? Holy Holy, holy. Isaiah over 30 times refers to God as the Holy One. We've forgotten that God is holy. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Psalm 99 verse 9, Exalt the Lord our God. And worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Psalm 99, verse 3, let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. Psalm 103, verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy 
name. His ways are holy. I'm thankful that God never makes a mistake. He never blows it. He, he never says, oh, I, I should have done something different. In Psalm 20, verse 6, Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear from his holy heaven. That's why we need the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need Christ alone to get us into heaven. This past week, someone came into, a repairman came in to fix our freezer. And I gave him one of my tracks, and uh, he went into the kitchen, worked for a while. He was probably there for about 45 minutes or so, and came back, and he sat down in a chair. He said, that was really good. He said, we all need that. And I said, sir, how does a person get into heaven? If God would ask you, why should I allow you into my heaven, what would you say? He said, well, you've got to live a good life, and you've got to try real hard to live the Bible. We would all be in trouble this morning, all right? I am thankful that Jesus took our place. And to get to a holy heaven, there's only one way. It's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see the personal revival. But how can we have revival in 2020? Then the coronavirus. God desires for each one of us to experience revival. The plan of revival in verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. And he says, I dwell. The word dwell means I fellowship with. We need to get back to God. We need to fall in love with Jesus again. We don't need all these other things that don't bring satisfaction. We need Christ. I dwell or fellowship in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble. Now God says this morning, I will revive. I will touch. I will fill that person that is humble. And that is not easy to do because our major problem this morning is our pride. We all have pride. We don't like to admit it, but we all do. You see, bitterness and anger and fear, those are just symptoms of the pride that we have in our hearts. Division. Psalm 34, verse 18, The Lord is dying to them that are of a broken heart, save as such as be of a contrite spirit. David said in Psalm 51, verse 17, The spirit... Or the sacrifices of God are of a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. The word contrite and broken means to be smashed in pieces. You will never meet God in revival until you meet God in brokenness. You know, brokenness is simply coming to the end of myself. Brokenness is when I say yes before God asks me the question. Folks, it's not easy to be broken. That's why we don't experience revival. Brokenness is not shedding of tears. Because a person can shed tears and still not be broken. Brokenness doesn't mean coming forward, getting down on your knees and repenting of your sins. That's not brokenness. People can force you to 
come forward. Or you could come forward out of duty. Or maybe you could come forward because you think it might really help you out. Brokenness is a shattering of my will so that every response is controlled by the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul writes, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Crucified people are dead people. You see, God wants us to come to the end of ourselves. And we're standing in the way of revival. God desires for us to have revival. I've been around a lot of dead people because of the ministry. And never once has one of those dead people demanded anything. It's a good thing. But never once have I got up to the casket and the lady in the casket didn't whisper to me, Hey, Pastor, I don't want people coming by and staring at me. My, 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 my mom taught me it's not polite to stare. But they're going to come by and they're going to stare at me and they're going to say things like, Wow, does she look good. I, I'm not going to want people to give testimonies about me that Never spent any time with me. They really didn't like me, but at my funeral, I know they'll say something good about me. I remember going into a funeral home where it was cold. And I was the only one in the room, and I went up to the person, and they were in the casket. And she did not say to me, Pastor, it's cold in here. And it was. Can you get me a blanket? I'm sure she was cold. Never once did I have someone say to me, you know, Pastor, I'm stiff, and they were, I'm sure. Can you rub my shoulders? You see, folks, dead people don't want anything. And Paul tells us we ought to be dead to ourselves. You see, my attitude should be, Lord, I'm dead to my will, my desires, my plans. Lord, whatever you want me to do, that is what I want to do. Brokenness means to come to the end of myself. Because every one of us, we desire that people would treat us like we are important. And every one of us, we think we're the most important person on the face of this earth. But we're not. God is. And that's why the Bible commands us to live for the other person and not for self. We praise self. Have you ever been around someone that brags on themselves all the time? We promote self. In fact, when you look at a picture, you want to make sure you're in there. But we promote self. We protect self. I remember years and years ago, I was riding my bike around the church property, and so was Joel. And so I rode around the front, came around the back, and he was pushing his bike back to our house. And I said, Joel, what's wrong? He said, Dad, my bike is tired. <laughs> you know what, folks? We are so quick and good about blaming our circumstances and others. It's never my fault. It's always someone else's fault. We're always fighting. 
fighting with our spouses, fighting with our kids, fighting with our boss, fighting with our pastor. We're always fighting. The person that God sends into our lives to break us and to bless us, we fight. We're not broken. How can we ever expect revival when we're not broken? Because God says, I will revive the heart of the broken and the contrite one. I will fellowship with that person. But as long as you live for self, I can't give you revival. Folks, what we need is revival. Brokenness takes the fight right out of us. Self bows down to God. Isaiah 57, verse 15, For thus saith the high and lofty one, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also, that is of a contrite, humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Right now, God desires to send revival to every person in this auditorium. We want the product of revival. We don't want to pay the price. It's hard getting broken. I remember years ago, there was a lady named Vicki. Her husband, Greg, died from cancer. She had some little girl. She called me up one day, and she said, Pastor, my daughter has to get her bone, her arm broken, because it grew right, wrong. Would you uh, come to the clinic with me? Well, that was not on the top of my list to do, but I went. And um, I remember standing out in the hallway with her, and I could hear her daughter screaming. And I'm like, oh, they're trying to kill her. And after about 10 minutes, they came out, and she was uh, in tears. And I was almost in tears just listening to her. And the doctor said we had to break her arm so it would be usable again. And Vicki thanked me for coming. What does God have to send into our lives to break us? How many times have we been to that place where all we could do was look up? You see, people don't need to see self in us. They need to see Christ in us. So we looked at the personal revival. It's only God. And God knows everything about you. The plan of revival. It's up to us to be broken. And whenever you have an anger problem, a fear problem, you're not broken. When you're worried itself, and I see so many believers today we're hunkered down waiting for Christ to come. Folks, this is a time for the church to rise up. This is for the time for the church to show people that God is real. And so we see the promise of revival in Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite, humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble. You notice he says revival twice, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. 
Psalm 85, verse 6, it says, Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? The reason for revival is not so that we can look good. The reason for revival is so that God will look good. And the psalmist said, Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Let me ask you, when was the last time you took out your Bible and there was joy in your heart? And you couldn't wait to come to church to hear the word of God. Because there was so much joy in your hearts. We've gotten to a place we just simply go through the routine and the motions. When God sees the hearts. I don't know about you, but I believe we need revival. Years ago, I wrote down some characteristics of a person that is not broken. And the first thing I wrote down is they're not friendly. I hope that does not describe you. Because I remember years ago, there was a man, and he's moved to Chicago, sat in the back pew, and uh, he said he'd cross his arms, especially when we were shaking hands. And he said, I wasn't friendly, and I was proud of it. He said, God got hold of my heart. I mean, there are some Christians, you don't talk to them, just their friends. They just hang around their little group. They're not friendly. God says if we're truly broken, we will be friendly. And it seems like some people have this sign around their uh, neck. It's invisible, but it says, stay away. I mean, you know that. You walk around, you're shaking hands with somebody, you see somebody, oh, I'm not going to talk to that person. Proverbs 15, 13, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. They look miserable because they are miserable. I wonder sometimes, when the unsaved sees our countenance, and we're so miserable looking. And we're all stressed out. I'm wondering, do they really want what we have? What a poor advertisement for God. The second characteristic I see, not only are they not friendly, they're not forgiving. Isn't it amazing that God will forgive us of everything, but little things bother us about others? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, the Bible says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Aren't we thankful this morning that God's forgiven us for all of our sins? And yet, there's some Christians that won't forgive somebody that they did something years ago, and they're going to hang on to it. They're not broken. Not forgiving. They focus on the hurt more than how much God has helped them. They're not faithful. 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. People aren't faithful to God. It's not about God. 
Because if it was about God, you wouldn't wait till Sunday morning until you heard the word of God again. You would be in the Bible daily. And you'd want to obey the word of God. God has not changed. He is still holy. He is still high and the lofty one. God should be our main attraction. Wouldn't it be wonderful to come into this building and think only about God? And to talk to God? And to talk to others about God? And to gather little groups around this auditorium, not to talk about others, but to talk to God? The spirit of revival? Not only are people not friendly, not forgiving, not faithful, but not forbearing. Ephesians 4.2, with all lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. You see what's going on today? We have a world. We have the United States falling apart. And instead of praying for our country, so many Christians are fighting among each other. It ought not to be that way. Forbear means to put up with. I never understood this. When someday, if you're saved, you'll be in heaven. And you'll get along with that person you can't stand down here. And you'll be with them for all eternity in heaven. And knowing God, he might put you right next to that person you couldn't stand down here. See, a Christian that is broken is always trying to play God. They don't like how things are run. They want to change things because they think they're God. Well, maybe that's how God wanted things to run. I mean, one of the greatest times in the ministry was after we had a revival in 2006, we extended the meeting. I remember I, there was just no pressure. This is God's meeting. I was planning on this meeting being done on Wednesday. When God extended it, I said, it's your meeting, Lord. You know what? Every meeting is God's meeting. Every day is God. It doesn't matter how stressed out you are. You're not going to change the circumstances. Another characteristic is they, they don't forsake sin. God is a holy God. And no wonder People don't want to pick up his word because the Bible is called the Holy Bible from a holy God. We better make sure our sins are right. We better make sure our sins have been confessed. Because there is no such thing as a secret scene to God Almighty. He sees everything. And there are many, on many occasions, ask some men to pray. Oh, well, I, I can't pray in this church and outside the church. Because if I, I pray, then uh, God will reveal some sin in my heart. Folks, we're all sinners. Not fruitful. John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. 
He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. See, we have it all wrong. We think we have to somehow produce the fruit. You can't produce the fruit. You abide with God. And he will produce the fruit through you. In Psalm 51, verse 17, the sacrifices of God are of a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. You see, this morning, revival begins with us. Someone said revival is when God points his finger right at me. Folks, do we really want revival? Are we watching our nation fall apart without rising up and saying, God, it's me? It's me that you need to change? In Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, And unto the angel, or unto the pastor, of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things, saith, Amen, the faithful and true witness. Now, folks, this morning, when God evaluates our life, he gets it right every time. He doesn't make a mistake. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Let me ask you this morning. Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you lukewarm? That's what Christ said about his church. Verse 17, because thou sayest, these are the people saying this, I am rich, preached with goods, had need of nothing. Knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You see, these people are saying, oh, we're okay, Lord. We have nice clothes, a nice job, a nice income. We don't need you. God says, you need me. Years ago, man is with the Lord today. Edwin Orr would teach about revival, the history of revival. Very intellectual man. Man that loved God. About 20 years ago, he was at a Bible college. And he was giving a lecture about revival. Right after the service, when he finished, he came down to the front and a college man came up to him. He said, Dr. Orr, your lecture spoke to my heart. I'm going to pray about revival. What else can I do? And Dr. Orr looked at this college young man and said, let the revival begin in you. I cannot think of a better time for revival among God's people. You don't need to wait for somebody else to be revived. Let God work in your heart. And it begins when we humble ourselves. Ask God to show you the pride in your heart.
You say, what can I do for America? Pray and vote. But let God send revival to your hearts. It will change your life. It will give you a holy boldness. It will give you a love for Him. You will fall in the love, a love for God who lives for all eternity, who saved you. We need revival. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer.